Election day is finally here. I don't know a single person that's not voting. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, no matter who they're voting for, everyone's voting this year. I think it's just like, everyone cares. We've been told our whole lives that our demographic does not vote enough. So it feels like we're empowered. Both campaigns have been preparing for this day for years now. And the fight for the White House has never been so fierce. The Trump campaign has said that it expects election results on election night, that that's what's, quote, supposed to happen. But that's not entirely true. In fact, we never have the full results on election night. So here's how it actually works. Votes will be counted for a long time after November 3rd especially because there are so many mail-in ballots this year. December 8th, that's a big deadline for states. That's when they have to have counted all of the votes and settled any disputes. On December 14th, the members of the Electoral College cast their votes. There are 538 total Electoral College votes up for grabs, and a candidate needs 270 to win. And then finally, on January 6th, the Electoral College's votes are counted by Congress. Whoever wins the majority of the Electoral College, they become the next president, and they're inaugurated on January 20th. This Electoral College system can be confusing, and it doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. Which is why today, we're going to break it down. I'm Kristen Holmes, and this is Election 101. This week, the Electoral College. Joining me today is John King. He is our chief national correspondent, and he's also kind of obsessed with the Electoral College. It is the fascinating puzzle that is picking a president. A lot of people may not like the process, but it makes it more complicated. It makes it fascinating. And later today, he'll be covering the election results live with the help of a giant touchscreen map of the country. The Magic Wall, as it's called, is kind of an election night legend. Take a moment to marvel once again at a crucial element of our election coverage, the CNN Magic Wall, exquisitely operated by straight-up savant John King. Let's get right to our chief national correspondent, John King. He's over at the Magic Wall. A significant bounce indeed, John. A six-point national Even comedian John Oliver is a bit obsessed with the Magic Wall. Before you kill me, John King, I just have a couple of questions. Do you control the military? John, that's ridiculous. The magic wall is very powerful, but it's to analyze elections. It's a wonderful piece of technology. That's all it is. Tonight, John King will use the wall to zoom in on results from specific districts, to zoom out to states and to the country as a whole. He'll be crunching numbers and looking for patterns, all in a bid to help us understand the results as they come in. Most importantly, he'll be tallying votes in the Electoral College. So what is the Electoral College? It's the system that was created in the early days of the country to make sure that voters in all states, no matter their size, had an impact on the presidential election. Each state has a different number of electoral votes. Here's John. The Electoral College is uniquely American, and it goes back to the founders, and you can love it or hate it, but they had a principle that was pretty important, that if the presidential election was all done on the popular vote, the small states would be blown out, nobody would pay attention to them, and the Delawares and the Vermonts would be forgotten. So now bring it forward to the modern day. If we elected a president only on the popular vote, well then, if you had a smart campaign, you could campaign in California and New York and Texas and Florida and Illinois and ignore the rest of the country as long as you could run up the score in those places. 
So the Electoral College is kind of a counterbalance to the weight of those big states. Every state gets votes based on their population. So California has 55, for example, and Vermont has just three. And there are a couple ways that states divvy up those Electoral College votes. Most of them have a winner-take-all system, which means that even if 49% of the population votes for candidate A, all of the electoral votes will go towards candidate B. But Maine and Nebraska, they have a different system. They give the winner in each congressional district one vote, and the statewide winner gets the remaining two votes. And there's more. So who are these mysterious electors? The federal government doesn't have a ton of rules for who can or can't be an elector. They can't hold federal office, and they can't be a member of Congress. And a Civil War-era rule also states that electors can't have taken part in an insurrection against the government. But that's about it. It's up to the states. Each state's political party nominates electors via convention or committee. Those electors tend to be prominent members of their community and politically well-connected. So, yes, it's a little complicated. And... It's often controversial. Now, there are such powerful arguments against it, especially if you're a Democrat. Al Gore and Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, didn't get to be president. Al Gore won the election by almost 550,000 more votes than George Bush, but he lost the Electoral College. Hillary Clinton won almost 3 million more votes than President Trump, but also came up short in the Electoral College. And you've probably heard people who really think that the presidency should just go to the person who won the most votes overall, nationwide. You might have heard this particularly from people in states who are voting against the majority. So, for example, Republicans in California or Democrats in Louisiana, who feel like the winner-take-all Electoral College system really makes their vote pointless. I asked John what he'd say to those people. Of course your vote counts. Yes, it has happened twice in 20 years or twice in 16 years. If you voted for Al Gore and you voted for Hillary Clinton, I can completely understand the sentiment, my vote does not count. Well, if you don't cast your vote next time because of that, the other team is going to win by an even bigger margin. Or the other team may win the popular vote and the Electoral College because you stayed home. I get the anger. I get the frustration. But withdrawing from the process is not going to solve any of the things you question about it. If we can just go back to how the Electoral College works in all of this. You know, there are 538 electors in the Electoral College. When does that formal election actually happen? On election day, you're voting for slates of electors in addition to voting in your state. You think you're voting for Donald Trump or Joe Biden uh, or your third-party candidate, but you're voting for a group of people to travel to Washington to sit in the Congress and to cast their votes in the Electoral College. So that happens is you have, you have your vote on election day, then the electors travel to Washington between the election and inauguration day. They cast their ballots, Congress accepts them, certifies the election, and then you have the inauguration. That's the way it is supposed to work. It is possible, number one, Donald Trump on Election Day 2016 won 306 electoral votes. In the end, he only got 304 because two of the electors decided, never mind, I'm not going to vote the way my state voted and changed their mind. Electors that do that are often referred to as faithless electors. In 2016, 10 electors voted or attempted to vote for someone other than their state's winner, the person who they were supposed to vote for. That is highly unusual. 
Four faithless electors from Washington were fined for their actions, and the Supreme Court ended up ruling that a state can require their electors to vote for that state's winner. After the break, what could happen if the electoral college system is disrupted, and why some people want to abolish it altogether? This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. This November, we'll experience one of the most consequential elections of our lifetime. And with headlines changing every hour, you need a guide, something to show you how all the stories fit together and why they matter. I'm David Chalian. And I'm Nia Malika Henderson. And each week on our new podcast, we'll help you tune out the noise and tune in to what's politically sound. Politically Sound, a new podcast from CNN. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. A Gallup poll from late September found that 61% of Americans support abolishing the Electoral College, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Critics say that it often undermines the voting power of people of color, and that the Electoral College means swing states get lots of attention from candidates, while so-called safe states like Alabama or New York are ignored. But this growing opposition to the Electoral College doesn't mean policy change is coming anytime soon two-thirds of Congress and an overwhelming majority of the states would all have to support eliminating the Electoral College. And that's not surprising, because as John King tells me, it's really hard to come up with an alternative system that people in both Montana and New York would agree on. Is there a hybrid? Is there some other way to come at it that takes the popular vote plus some version of an ele- you know, the, the reasons they have an electoral college. Is there a way to come up with some other formula? Maybe. So there is another plan and one that doesn't require a constitutional amendment. It doesn't quite eliminate the electoral college. It's more of a workaround. Since all you need to elect a president is 270 electoral college votes, which come from a combination of states, this other idea cropped up. It's called the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. 
It's an agreement between states that they'll use their electoral votes to vote for the winner of the popular vote. Now, so far, only 14 states have signed on, so they're far short of that 270 votes needed. But if enough states signed on to get to 270 electoral college votes, then they would use those votes to elect the winner of the popular vote. Now, it's just one attempt to work around the electoral college, but if you listen to John King, he doesn't think the electoral college is going anywhere. I know we live in a partisan time, but I think that the overwhelming majority of people are fair and they get the argument for the electoral college, even if they don't like it. It is so hard to come up with another solution. And I think the reason we still have it is that no one has been smart enough to come up with a hybrid version. Let's take a step back from the Electoral College for a moment and talk about what's happening today. Those months of concern about voting security are coming to a head right now. People are voting in person, mail-in ballots are being counted. All the redundancies and checks and balances that are part of the election process are kicking in to protect your vote. Now, President Trump continues to question the security of U.S. elections at every turn. And while most of his criticisms have been dismissed, John says he thinks Trump's doubts have set the stage for challenges to today's election results. One of the candidates has said plainly and repeatedly that any election he loses has to be rigged. So I think that is our sign that we are, it's quite possible we will have a contested election and that we need to prepare for it. And I think the expectation is that his lawyers will start challenging everywhere, at local levels, at county levels, at state levels, through the federal courts, if the election does not turn out the way he wants it to. You could argue you turn people away. Uh, you close the polls too soon. Uh, you were denying people on the books the right to vote because you said they were no longer registered. There are a whole host of issues. What exactly happens if there is a contested district? What are the next steps? Some of them get litigated live, quickly, and in person. Some of them then go up to the county election officials, and some of them end up in the courts. Now, if you want to know more about the courts and this election, take a listen to last week's episode. And while we're talking about past episodes that might be worth another listen, the disinformation episode is also a good one to refer back to. The FBI has now warned that there's already disinformation being spread around the election and that there's more to come from people who want to undermine your trust in the electoral process. So you'll want to be extra cautious about where you go for news this week and wait until a claim has been verified by a trusted source before you share it more widely. No matter what happens tonight, we'll be on the air bringing you the most accurate news as it breaks. You're in good hands. John has so much experience guiding Americans through elections. Do you have, after nine presidential elections, an election night ritual? My election routine now is because I know I'm going to be in a studio. Get up early. Make sure you exercise. Get outside and get some fresh air. And then just start to study. Start reporting as early as you can. The clues can come from small places very early on, but the best part of it is when the data and the vote count just starts coming in live uh, because then you're, you're counting votes and uh, you go up and down the roller coaster just like everybody else in America as they come in. We might be nearing the end of the election, but Election 101 still has two more episodes this season. So keep an eye on your feed and we'll be here to walk you through whatever comes next. Election 101 is a production of CNN Audio and iHeartRadio. 
It's hosted by me, Kristen Holmes. This episode was produced by Alice Wilder. It was mixed by Ben Shano. Meryl Aguish was our fact checker, and Dave Brooks helped with technical support. Thanks also to John Cohen and the Brennan Center for Justice. Haley Thomas is the senior news producer, and Megan Marcus is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Additional support for the show comes from Greta Cohn, Lacey Roberts, Sarah Nix, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, and Lisa Namaro. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.